with Alice Asbury um, and she's just telling me about her ceramics shop. Yep. Um, which is called, uh, how do you pronounce it? So I say it Triller just because that's how I first read it uh, in my head when I, when, I was, when I found the word. Um, but it actually should be pronounced Triller. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's an old Nordic word. Um, that means to cast a spell on someone and turn them into a troll. Basically, I was really struggling to come up with a name for the shop um, and just went through like so many different different options. And so I thought maybe I should connect it to something that I really like. And I've collected trolls for like the past <laughs> six, seven years. Okay. And so I thought, oh, I'm never not going to like trolls. Uh, so I read a book about trolls and it was one of the words that kind of jumped out to me. Oh, nice. So I wanted to find out how you came to open a place like this. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to know a bit about your background. Like, did you grow up in an artistic or creative family? Uh, not particularly. My, well, my mum is very, neither of them like were creative by profession. Um, my dad's a civil engineer. So what he does is essentially incredibly creative, problem solving. Um, and he was always quite creative when he was younger. But yeah, he, he wasn't. I guess given the chance to pursue that as a career and the same with my mum she um is an amazing amazing seamstress um but she again she was pushed into doing something that was I guess more I don't know I, can, I don't know what the word is she's a project manager okay um and but yeah so she always taught me to sew from a young age and my dad always taught me practical skills um and yeah so I guess that's how I ended up pursuing something creative. Mm-hmm. I've always been like a bit of an all-rounder, so I kind of like, oh, I'm all right that, I'm all right that. I don't really know what I want to do, but art I was always really passionate about, which is oh, I why I opted meant for it. An all-rounder in terms of you could do, you know, painting and sculpture oh, right. and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, in in terms of yeah, craft, <clears throat> my work crosses several mediums, um, okay. and I think that's because. I really like learning new skills. So I'll, you know, spend however many months pursuing one specific thing and get and like learning more and more about it. And then I'll do some stuff with that. And then I'll kind of switch into the next thing that I'm interested in. So yeah, in terms of like creative, like output, or I don't know, creative skills, I've always tried to develop almost as many as possible. Um, And then you can apply them across each other, I suppose. So do you get to use all those skills working in here? Because you do the ceramics uh, yeah. teaching. and Yeah, so again, because I love learning, I also like teaching people. Um, and so, yeah, what I'll generally do is learn how to do something and then I'll turn that into a workshop to teach other people. Um, but yeah, I get to use all of those creative skills quite a lot. So ceramics, obviously, I make ceramics for stock for the shop and then I can teach people how to how to make their own ceramics and then I do a lot of textiles works so I make clothes and then I make plush toys uh, and now I'm getting into knitwear and those are all things that I can kind of transfer into workshops to teach oh, other cool. people how to do those things oh that's nice yeah it's nice to be able to share your talents and stuff with other people isn't it yeah I, I like people yeah. <laughs> I like people and I think that like art is always for me been something that should be really accessible to everyone and so I like the idea of teaching people something in a really relaxed environment as well. 
I always find it interesting with people who are creative. They often find that that's like takes up all of their life. Yes. And I, I always think it's interesting to ask them, what would they do if they weren't creative? What, what would they, you know, other part of their life? Oh man. Would take its place. Well, I don't know. For me, so like for me, all of all professions are creative in a way. So like maths, for example, you still have to be really creatively minded to solve the problem because you're figuring out how to do it. So I would argue that most professions are creatively driven. But if I wasn't doing like making art, I would probably either be a teacher okay. to shape young minds <laughs> um, or something like an engineer that's problem solving but practical applications to stuff oh, I reckon nice. or I'd just be really sad oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'll be speaking with you again from time to time thank you from time to time thank you you work here full time and you teach and you're creative for a living mm-hmm. um, have you always been that way since graduation or is it something you've worked towards oh so well when I graduated because uh, I studied illustration um, and at the end of my kind of degree, I identified that I didn't want to be an illustrator because I think it, it can be quite a an isolating uh, thing to, to work in professionally and I'm always interested in being around other people. Um, so I got a job in a pottery painting cafe. So it's kind of like cafe work, but then there's a creative side mm. to it as well. Um, so I, yeah, worked there and then that's when I basically got into ceramics mostly I just taught myself because there wasn't we were taught how to like glaze and how to stack the kiln and how all of the paints worked and stuff but we weren't taught any of the building how you would build the forms in ceramics so you didn't you didn't do any ceramics at university no not at all I'm completely taught myself from books Mm. and then just testing things out so I did that for a while and then I moved to Bristol and started working in a different pottery painting cafe uh, and took a couple of courses uh, just to kind of top up my knowledge or see whether or not I was actually doing things how you were supposed to do them. Uh, And when I was at that job, I was offered a position like as the manager uh, because two other people went on maternity leave. So like I would never have been offered that position basically if they hadn't both gone on maternity leave at the same time. And obviously I was like, yippee, I'll do it. Um, And so I I basically just used that time to learn how you would run a business. Yeah, it's a bit of a lucky break, really. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't paid a huge amount to do the job. But yeah, and it was very, very stressful. It's a lot of pressure, I think, when you're running a business on behalf of someone else. Um, And I always like want to do the best that I can do at everything. But um, yeah, so I used that time to basically teach myself how to run my own business. And then after about a year of doing that, I started working on a business plan, which I worked on for about a year and a half um, to, yeah, basically, I guess, prove that something like this would be viable as a business. Um, And then, yeah, I applied for like a loan and then got it and then... Open the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so, so how have you found it um, now that you're in charge of your, your own business? 
yeah it's good it's i think you have to be a really specific type of person that wants to be in charge like that wants to be self-employed um because it is a lot of time spent on your own i spend a lot of time in the shop just by myself um but also i'm by my nature like i'm quite productive so actually structuring my own time i get a heck of a lot more done than i would if someone else was structuring my time um and like yeah in my creative processes i've always worked really really quickly um which works in favor of you're working for yourself mm. um and i think that's because i like have an idea and then i'm like i'm quite impatient so i have an idea and then i'll be like right i'm going to do it straight away and i'm going to do it until it's finished and then once it's finished i'll be like cool i'll wait for my next mm. idea <laughs> hello Hi. No, no, go for it. You're welcome to look around. <laughs> so if you met someone who was trying to do a similar thing to you, someone who wanted to make a living out of their creativity, do you have any advice for them? Oh, what advice would I give? Um, if you want to set up your own business, A, I would say just believe that you can do it and make sure that you're prepared to kind of put the work in but you have to kind of have confidence in your own in yourself and in your own work ethic to think okay if this doesn't work then maybe I need to change something so when I was coming up with my kind of business plan I originally wanted to open like a open something different and then my idea kind of like morphed into what it is now so I would say be prepared to change your plans um and yeah adapt and yeah just keep adapting until you find what's going to work what else would i say so what was triller going to be in the first so, so originally i wanted to open like a craft cafe so you would it basically be a place where you could you would come in and each of the different tables would have like would be set up to try different things so like you'd have one that's for drawing or one that's for ceramics or whatever and then you could basically just try the different different things out but when I actually got into kind of trying to build how I would do that I realized that it was just way too much work for one person Mm. um and also that the the reason that I have ended up having a shop that has a workshop um and runs classes is so that there's more than one source of income mm. so there's many different things and you can adapt it to you know so like if all of a sudden the class has kicked off oh maybe the shop bit has to get a bit smaller mm. so it's interchangeable and I can kind of change it around um, yeah and it's manageable for one person because it's yeah. just me that's <laughs> yes, I do we're now at cruising altitude 35,000 feet. 35,000 feet one of the things that I really struggled with before I like took the step of being like right I'm just going to open my own place um, was I was taking my work to like all of these markets and stalls and applying for all these different things and just being consistently rejected from places and I remember doing this one market and I sat there for like eight hours and like nobody even like looked in my direction I remember feeling like so so low after that and I spoke to one of my friends um, and she basically just said you're just showing your work to the wrong people there's nothing wrong with your work 
it's just that you're not in the right space the, the, you're not you know broadcasting to the right audience basically and so after she said that I was like well then maybe I should just make my own platform for myself mm-hmm. like my work comes across as quite it is quite odd some of the stuff that I make is quite weird um but after opening a shop I think I've realized that there's a place for weird it just wasn't maybe the places that I was taking it before opening so where, where were you taking it so I went to like I was going to like artisan big markets and at those markets like people want I don't know something different they don't want like weird wobbly pots and like eerily cute like weird goblins that I've made or something <laughs> they you know they are looking for something that's a bit maybe more twee or yeah just just not my vibe um but yeah and I think that that is a problem in the art world is that often at, especially like within illustration I'd always experienced that it was the same people being handed all of the opportunities as soon as you're like perceived as being a cool guy or like ooh I've got this certain style um ooh I've done this thing for this company and so now I'm getting all these other opportunities and often like people who have less of a following um, end up just being put to the bottom of the pile or not even considered just because they don't have a following. Mm. I think that was the main reason why I wanted to open the shop in the first place is because I don't think that it should be run like that. I think it should be... I don't think that art should be pretentious. I think it should just be for everyone, not just for, like, other artists. Mm. And so that kind of ties in with for, with why I do workshops and classes because I don't think... Yeah, I think everyone should be able to make art and have the facilities to do that. And so, yeah, essentially, I just wanted to create a weird platform for all my weird stuff. <laughs> our flying speed is 575 miles per hour. Miles per hour. So if you were going to curate your own gallery, mm-hmm. which five artists or five works would you want to have on display? Oh, man. I don't know about, like, what, like, big big works so one of the um artists that i'm really interested is yayu yayoi kusama and because a lot of her work comes from a place of mental illness and i think that that's really interesting and again like yeah it's kind of art that's not coming from any kind of pretentious direction it's just like oh my god here's what's in my head now it's on this paper or you know, like outsider artists I'm really interested in as well. People who don't have any formal art training. Um, I think that's really interesting. But if I was to curate a show, if I'm completely honest, it would probably just be five rare, weird-looking trolls. <laughs> like, I would just research the weirdest thing that I could find. Because um, toys is something that, like, is just... I'm so interested in I could talk about like all the different types of troll and the different brands that made trolls and <laughs> all the different eras that they made them in and yeah that would be what I would put that in the museum but probably no one would want to see it apart from me so I was going to say I've never met anyone who's got <laughs> such a specific taste for something like that how did you um, get into something like that what the trolls yeah yeah okay so ba- basically like just 
being mentally ill. Um, when I was at uni, I was like so driven and like felt like there was this expectation for me to do so well. And this is not necessarily pressure that my parents had put on me. Um, it was pressure that I put on myself. And when I was on my course, I just like was so obsessed with making work and wanting it to be appreciated that like I just was really, really unhappy and sad and went for a very like low patch. Um, and I started, I actually just started collect, it, seems, it seems really weird to say it, but I started collecting trolls as like a way to make me feel happy. Like they're just their tiny little faces bring me joy. <laughs> and like, it's the same, they've got this weird like tactile quality to them as well. Like when people, people will pick them up, they'll immediately stroke their hair. Why do they do that? Um, yeah, but it was it was just being really sad, basically. Collecting toys, like, just cheered me up. And so I just started collecting more and more and, like, looking in weirder places and, like, researching them. I guess, like, if anybody who has a passion for something... I don't know, there's something about them that just speaks to me. I don't know what it is. I just think... I think it's because they're, like... Also, I think part of it is because I feel really sorry for them because people think that they're, like, dead ugly and creepy which they are but yeah I don't know what it is about them I just like them because <laughs> I make toys as well I make like plush toys I think it's like the logistics of how they're built as well fascinates me so it's not just trolls that I have collections of I've got mm. at home I've got you know all different kinds of puppets and stuff just the logistics of making them fascinates me as well mm. but yeah it's weird basically <laughs> So if someone wanted to do one of your classes mm -hmm. or come and see some of your work, how would they do that? And also, please could you tell me what uh, Clay Club is? Yeah, so if somebody wanted to come and do one of my classes, basically it's all of the information's on my website, which is uh, trillashop.co.uk, which is T-R-Y-L-L-A <laughs> shop.co.uk. Um, yeah, there's all, all the information about the different workshops is on there. Um, generally, the workshops that I run are either one session or two sessions, just so that I can keep the price affordable. Um, um, and also, I think from one session, you can kind of get an idea of whether or not you have an interest in ceramics. I think one of the big issues with ceramics uh, and how it's marketed to people is that generally you're looking at signing up for a 12-week course or something where you have to dedicate like every Thursday evening for the next 12 weeks um, and they're generally pretty expensive. Um, and you know, what if you did one session and you were like, God, I hate this. And then you have to come to 11 more sessions. Mm. Um, yeah, so what I guess, and that leads me into Clay Club. So the idea with Clay Club is to give people a format uh, to work on their own projects if they have some sort of ceramics experience before. So often people might have been to a class or used to do ceramics ages ago and then they've gotten out of the habit of it, but they do they still remember how it works and all of that stuff. So the idea is that every other Wednesday evening, if you feel like coming along, you can just drop in and do ceramics for like two and a half hours. Um, 
And yeah, it just gives people the space to experiment, work on their own projects in in a much more affordable format. And there's also no commitment. So it's good for like people who might have illnesses where they're not necessarily always available or they have kids or they just, I don't know, got something else. Want to drop in and out. Yeah, they just yeah. want to pop in. Um, yeah, and that it, that's includes all the materials and the firing costs and all of that. Um, yeah, that's the idea behind it. Cool. So I know where your studio is because we're sat in it at the moment. <laughs> but um, how do people find you? What, the studio? So the actual studio is underneath the shop. Um, but yeah, I'm just on North Street. Thanks very much for talking to me, Alice. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. We hope to have you with us again soon.